Hello, I am your host, Pedro Gelabert from the Long Island Church of Christ, reading with you the chronological Bible reading in one year using God's Word Translation by God's Word to the Nations Mission Society. Esther 6 That night the king could not sleep, so he told a servant to bring the official daily records, and they were read to the king. The records showed how Mordecai had informed him that Bigthan and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the entrance, had plotted a rebellion against King Xerxes. The king asked, How did I reward and promote Mordecai for this? The king's personal staff replied, Nothing was done for him. The king asked, Who is in the courtyard? At that moment, Haman came through the courtyard to the king's palace to ask the king about hanging Mordecai on the pole he had prepared for him. The king's staff answered him, Haman happens to be standing in the courtyard. Let him come in, the king said. So Haman came in. The king asked him, What should be done for the man whom the king wishes to reward? Haman thought to himself, Whom would the king wish to reward more than me? So Haman told the king, This is what should be done. The servants should bring a royal robe that the king has worn and a horse that the king has ridden, one that has a royal crest on its head. Give the robe and the horse to one of the king's officials, who is a noble. Put the robe on the man whom the king wishes to reward, and have him ride on the horse in the city square. The king's servants are also to shout ahead of him, This is what is done for the man whom the king wishes to reward. The king told Haman, Hurry, take the robe and the horse as you said. Do this for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not omit anything you have said. So Haman took the robe and the horse. He put the robe on Mordecai and had him ride in the city square, shouting ahead of him, This is what is done for the man whom the king wishes to reward. After that, Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried home. He was in despair and covered his head. There, Haman began to relate in detail to his wife Suresh and to all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then his counselors and his wife Zeresh told him, You are starting to lose power to Mordecai. If Mordecai is of Jewish descent, you will never win out over him. He will certainly lead you to your downfall. While they were still speaking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and quickly took Haman to the dinner Esther had prepared. Esther 7 So the king and Haman came to have dinner with Queen Esther. On the second day, while they were drinking wine, the king asked Esther, What is your request, Queen Esther? It will be granted to you. And what would you like? Even if it is up to half of the kingdom, it will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, your majesty, spare my life. That is my request, and spare the life of my people. That is what I ask for. You see, we, my people and I, have been sold so that we can be wiped out, killed, and destroyed. If our men and women had only been sold as slaves, I would have kept silent because the enemy is not worth troubling you about, your majesty. Then King Xerxes interrupted Queen Esther and said, Who is this person? Where is the person who has dared to do this? Esther answered, 
Our vicious enemy is this wicked man, Haman. Then Haman became panic-stricken in the presence of the king and queen. The king was furious as he got up from dinner and went into the palace garden. But Haman stayed to beg Queen Esther for his life because he saw that the king had a terrible end in mind for him. When the king returned from the palace garden to the palace dining room, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was lying. The king thought, Is he even going to rape the queen while I'm in the palace? Then the king passed sentence on him, and servants covered Haman's face. Harbona, one of the eunuchs present with the king, said, What a coincidence! The 75-foot pole Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke up for the well-being of the king, is still standing at Haman's house. The king responded, Hang him on it! So servants hung Haman's dead body on the very pole he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king got over his raging anger. Esther 8 On the same day, King Xerxes gave the property of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to Queen Esther. Also, Mordecai came to the king because Esther had told him how Mordecai was related to her. Then the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther put Mordecai in charge of Haman's property. Esther spoke again to the king. She fell down at his feet crying and begged him to have mercy and to undo the evil plot of Haman, who was from Agag, and his conspiracy against the Jews. The king held out his golden scepter to Esther, and Esther got up and stood in front of the king. She said, Your majesty, if it pleases you, and if I have found favor with you, if you consider my cause to be reasonable, and if I am pleasing to you, cancel the official orders concerning the plot of Haman, who was the son of Hamadatha and was from Agag. He signed the order to destroy the Jews in all your provinces, your majesty. I cannot bear to see my people suffer such evil, and I simply cannot bear to see the destruction of my relatives. King Xerxes said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, I have given Haman's property to Esther, and Haman's dead body was hung on the pole because he tried to kill the Jews. You write what you think is best for the Jews in the king's name. Seal it also with the king's signet ring, because whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring cannot be cancelled. At that time of the twenty-third day of Sivan, the third month, the king's scribes were summoned. What Mordecai had ordered was written to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and officers of the 127 provinces from India to Sudan. It was written to each province in its own script, to each people in their own language, and to the Jews in their own script and their own language. Mordecai wrote in King Xerxes' name and sealed the official documents with the king's signet ring. Then he sent them by messengers who rode special horses bred for speed. He wrote that the king had given permission for the Jews in every city to assemble, to defend themselves, to wipe out, to kill, and to destroy every armed force of the people and province that is hostile to them, even women and children, and to seize their goods. This was permitted on one day in all the provinces of King Xerxes, on the thirteenth day of Adar the twelfth month. The copy of the document was made public in a decree to every province for all people. 
On that day the Jews were to be ready to take revenge on their enemies. The messengers rode the king's fastest horses. They left quickly, in keeping with the king's command. The decree was issued also in the fortress of Susa. Mordecai went out from the presence of the king wearing the royal violet and white robe, a large gold crown, and a purple outer robe of fine linen. And the city of Susa cheered and rejoiced. So the Jews were cheerful, happy, joyful, and successful. In every province and every city where the king's message and decree arrived, the Jews were happy and joyful, feasting and enjoying a holiday. Then many common people pretended to be Jews because they were terrified of the Jews. Esther 9 On the thirteenth day of Adar, the twelfth month, the king's command and decree were to be carried out. On that very day when the enemies of the Jews expected to overpower them, the exact opposite happened. The Jews overpowered those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Xerxes to kill those who were planning to harm them. No one could stand up against them because all the people were terrified of them. All the officials of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and the king's treasurers assisted the Jews because they were terrified of Mordecai. Mordecai was an important man in the king's palace. Moreover, his reputation was spreading to all the provinces, since Mordecai was becoming more and more powerful. Then with their swords, the Jews attacked all their enemies, killing them, destroying them, and doing whatever they pleased to those who hated them. In the fortress of Susa, the Jews killed and wiped out 500 men. They also killed Parshandatha, Dalphon, Aspatha, Poratha, Adalia, Aridatha, Parmashta, Arasai, Aridae, and Vizatha. These were the ten sons of Haman, who was the son of Hamadatha and the enemy of the Jews. But the Jews did not seize any of their possessions. On that day, the number of those killed in the fortress of Susa was reported to the king. So the king said to Queen Esther, in the fortress of Susa, the Jews have killed and wiped out 500 men and Haman's 10 sons. What must they have done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now, what is your request? It will be granted to you. And what else would you like? It too will be granted. Esther said, If it pleases you, your majesty, allow the Jews in Susa to do tomorrow what was decreed for today. Let them hang Haman's ten sons on poles. The king commanded this, issuing a decree in Susa, and so they hung Haman's ten sons on poles. The Jews in Susa also assembled on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar and killed three hundred men in Susa, but they did not seize any of their possessions. The other Jews who were in the king's provinces had also assembled to defend and free themselves from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of those who hated them, but they did not seize any of their possessions. This was on the 13th day of the month of Adar. On the 14th day, they rested and made it a day of feasting and celebration. But the Jews in Susa had assembled on the 13th and 14th. They rested on the 15th and made it a day of feasting and celebration. That is why the Jews who live in the villages and in the unwalled towns make the 14th day of the month of Adar a holiday for feasting and celebration. They also send gifts of food to one another. 
Now, Mordecai wrote these things down and sent official letters to all the Jews in all the provinces of King Xerxes, near and far. He established the fourteenth and fifteenth days of the month of Adar as days they must observe every year. They were to observe them just like the days when the Jews freed themselves from their enemies. In that month their grief turned to joy and their mourning into a holiday. He declared that these days are to be days for feasting and celebrating and for sending gifts of food to one another, especially gifts to the poor. So the Jews accepted as tradition what they had begun, as Mordecai had written to them. It was because Haman, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them. Haman was the son of Hamadatha and was from Agag. Haman had the poor, which means the lot, thrown in order to determine when to crush and destroy them. But when this came to the king's attention, he ordered, in the well-known letter, that the evil plan Haman had plotted against the Jews should turn back on his own head. As a result, they hung Haman and his sons on poles. So the Jews called these days Purim, based on the word poor. Therefore, because of everything that was said in this letter, both what they had seen and what had happened to them, the Jews established a tradition for themselves and their descendants and for anyone who would join them. The tradition was that a person should never fail to observe these two days every year, as they were described and at their appointed time. So these days must be remembered and observed in every age, family, province, and city. These days of Purim must not be ignored among the Jews and the importance of these days must never be forgotten by the generations to come. Abihail's daughter, Queen Esther, and Mordecai the Jew wrote with full authority in order to establish with this second letter the well-known celebration of Purim. Mordecai sent official documents granting peace and security to all the Jews in the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Xerxes. He did this in order to establish these days of Purim at the appointed time. Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther established them for themselves, as they had established for themselves and their descendants the practices of fasting with sadness. Esther's command had established these practices of Purim, and they are written in a book. Esther 10 King Xerxes levied a tax on the country and the islands of the sea. All his acts of power and might, along with the whole account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are recorded in the history of the kings of the Medes and Persians. Mordecai the Jew was ranked second only to King Xerxes. He was greatly respected by and popular with all of the other Jews, since he provided for the good of his people and spoke for the welfare of his fellow Jews.